1: The first time I met Morgan was uh, what at Terminus, uh, because that's really the the beginning of it. But he is the Director of Sales Execution and Evolution at Jay Barrow's Training. Uh, He's doing some really cool stuff. If you're not following him on LinkedIn, go follow it. And especially if you're in sales and marketing, this is the time where it's about being brave, about being creative. So there's a lot of really good tips uh, Morgan puts out there on a regular basis. But So Morgan, share a little bit about yourself. And then we're going to talk about how you cold called into getting a job at Terminus. Let's start there. And then we're going to go into all kinds of how do you sell like when nobody's buying, which is, which is something that's happening right now, or at least the feeling right now. So share a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah. So how I got into Terminus. So I graduated with, well, first the background, right? I graduated from the University of Georgia and I wanted to be a sports agent, guys. I saw Jerry Maguire. Show me the money. I was like, yo, let's get it. Like, that was, that was me. I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Need the money. Yeah, it's simple, right? So yeah. I went to the University of Georgia, and then I got finance and sports management. I was like, I'm a double major, and this is what I'm going to do. Like, this was my momentum. This is what I was going to have. And it didn't pan out. If you guys have ever tried to be a sports agent, they tell you you have to go to law school. Found out later that you don't have to do that. So, you know, it is what it is. So I went to a local event. And at the local event, someone told me, hey, this company got funding, which was Terminus at the time. And they were like, you should go investigate. And so I was like, sure. And so, Wait, so is that you know, your first sales gig ever? Like, you know, in sales? Ever, yeah. Yeah. This, this is my first sales gig ever. Right. So I didn't want to be in sales. So it's funny because most <laughs> of you guys on here are probably are marketers, from what Sangram told me. I wanted to be a marketer, so I studied marketing. I studied personal branding. I was taking HubSpot courses. Like I genuinely wanted to be a marketer. I felt like that was more of my lane than being in sales. So it's it's funny how that all pans out. Yeah. And so. I originally applied for a lot of marketing positions and got denied from all of them, and so I was like, "Okay, that's not for me." You need thirty years of experience to be a marketing associate. That doesn't really make any sense to me. So I was like, "Absolutely not." And so
1: maybe you also realize that marketers
0: don't make as much money as salespeople. (laughs) Maybe that was it. I don't know. I really wanted to be a marketer, though. That's really what I wanted to do. So it probably leads into a lot of stuff that I do. Is I, I still love that aspect, and then I was like, "Okay, I can't be." That, then I tried to go be an AE closer. I was like, I'm gonna be a closer. That's it. I'm gonna make a lot of money. And then they were like, Nope, you gotta have experience for that. And then I realized, all right, let me just go be an SDR. And so I cold called Tony Bennett. So she was the director of VP Sales at the time. And I mean, she could tell you that cold call was terrible. I don't really, <laughs> like. I don't even know why Tony was like yo. But here's the thing, though. It's it's interesting. Like anyone right now that's on this call, and you're like, hmm, I'm trying to look for my new job. Cold calling the hiring person is is what a lot of people don't do. The reason that I was brought in that interview and sped up through the process was the fact that I made the cold call. And I said, hey, this is what I'm about. I've read this job description. This is where I feel like I can help. Can I see it coming for an interview, right? And so I went in for that interview and was able to provide the right value, ask the right questions, and got an offer right on the spot. I remember Sangram was there. Sager <laughs> so and the CM Thomas Spet was there. He's like, "Yo, you want to do this?" And I was like, "All right, sure, let's let's do it." So uh, you get offered on the spot, you kind of like, "All right, let's get it, right?" So,
1: so here here is the story on, on our our side of it is like, first of all, you pull Paul, uh, which is the part of what the job is for salespersons. So you're like, "Well, this this guy has guts. This guy has the grit." Uh, so that makes sense. Uh, sense. So everybody was listening, like, you know, you got to learn the craft and you got to put yourself out there. That's what we saw in you. And you're like, I, I remember Tony just kind of walking after the conversation with you. She's like, He's the real deal. Like, you know, we you know, he he gets it. Uh he doesn't have a whole lot of experience, but I think he will learn. He he will put his heart and soul into it and that's all it really matters. You remember like Jim who's our like you know still you I know mean, Jimbo, he's, he's, he's yeah. perfect, right? Like he's still there because he puts in the time and and he will learn and he will build relationships with everybody in it and that is such a big deal. So that's kudos to you man for doing that. Yeah, so that was that was my journey
0: in to sales. That's what started it all. And again, I encourage people to if you're looking to get a job, like you gotta do a little bit differently nowadays to get in front of those people. All
1: right. So let's talk about the thing, the topic that I really want you to hear your perspective on it. I'm hearing from everybody that all right, nobody's buying. Nobody, nobody's buying. Salespeople are not gonna meet their quotas. Uh, they are gonna have a really, really bad time, and so do marketers. If marketing, if salespeople don't hit their quota, you're fired. Just so you know, so uh, it doesn't work. If you know, marketing doesn't exist. I mean, they, they, they purely exist to, in my belief, believe is to incrementally or exponentially help sales. If if you as a marketer can incrementally or exponentially help sales to win, so we're gonna get into what what sales need for marketing. But I'm hearing on the streets from a ton of salespeople that nobody's buying. So nobody's selling. And that's where we are. Your thoughts.
0: Yeah. It's well, first of all, it is, it is tough. It's a a completely different environment that we're in right now. A lot of people are saying that, Hey, it's the same. A lot of people are saying, no, this is, this is ending, right? At the end of the day, it really depends first and foremost, what industry you're selling it to. That's, that's the first thing. And like, where is that coming from, from the sales rep, right? If you were selling into the service industry, then yeah, it is going to be extremely hard time for you right now. If you were selling to airlines, it's an extremely hard time for you right now, right? And so these are industries that are going to take a hit. And yes, they are going to be harder to sell into. However, there are people still buying. There are people still closing deals. And there are people still getting meetings. I mean, our side, we're still able to close deals. I've talked to reps, they're still able to get meetings, they're still able to close deals. I think the biggest thing to understand is where is that money and then where how can you get access to it, right? And so this is now where you have to understand your ICP's ICP. And so what mm-hmm. that means is that the company that you're selling into, are their buyers still able to make money? Are their buyers still purchasing their product, right? Because if they're not purchasing their product and they're struggling, it's going to be harder for you to get money from them because their buyers aren't doing anything. So there's different industries that are doing really well right now. So for example, ad tech, right? A lot of people are trying to look into ad tech, you know, like a terminus, right? There's also video gaming that's going up right now, fell into that industry. Also telecommunications is going up, right? Social media tools is going up. So these are different markets that you can go access into to make sure that you know what you're doing. Now, I know some people on this call that may be in sales to, to a certain industry and you may be leading a certain vertical, then that's a different conversation. You know, we can go there. But, yeah. you know, as a sales rep right now and you have the freedom to look at different industries, it's understanding that. And also it's figuring out who am I talking to in the organizations that is allowing me to get to the budget. So what I've seen on my end, just from speaking from personal experience, yeah. By reaching out to enablement leaders, that's been my number one vehicle and asset in my conversations to close deals because they now have an enablement calendar that they have to fill with more enablement and more skills training than they did before because now they've gone virtual and a lot of people are adapting to that. And so now that's where we could come into play as a training company to be like, wait, what are the gaps in your enablement calendar? Oh, here's how we could fill those gaps. And so now there's money that can be thrown into that. There's more enablement budgets that can be thrown into that. And also, don't lean on your the department that you just sell to. Mm. And so, what I'm saying that is because everyone who's selling right now, as you start off your conversations, we all started differently. But what I found to be beneficial is, be like, hey, you know, as I go into these conversations today, and I, I saw Jake Jake Dunlop post this, but you know, I've added some iterations to it. But now I'm like, hey, you know, as we're having this call today, I talked to a lot of people that are in enablement, and I want to understand what are the two to three parties that you have tasked. For this month, right? Because things yeah. are, normally I would say quarter, but like things are changing daily. So what are the two to three, yeah. yeah. what are the two, three objectives and priorities you're trying to accomplish this month? And then this is the key question. And how are other departments supporting those objectives you're looking to accomplish? So the reason I asked that question is now I know enablement's doing their thing, but maybe they're like, yeah, we have marketing that's involved And now, So now what I can do is if the enablement budget is not there. I can go get marketing to get involved. So when you hear that the budget is frozen, clarify what that means. Is the budget frozen in sales? Okay. That means we can still get it in marketing. We can maybe get it in customer success. Maybe we can get it. Maybe we can get the COO on the call to figure out where we can get budget. So when someone says budget's frozen, clarify that. Is budget frozen in sales or is it frozen for the whole organization? No, just for sales. Okay, so then let's go maybe talk to marketing. Let's go talk to the other departments because you also have to realize that there's other investments that that the company was looking to make on their roadmap that aren't able to be made now. So let's say if a product update was coming and now the product update was for live events, well, they're probably not gonna do that product update now. So now all that money now has been reserved somewhere or all the companies that were gonna go to events and sponsor events, now that's money you can go access, right? So these are things just to think about. It's really time to stop, reflect, and act more than just lose your mind and go berserk and, and go crazy. It's really thinking about how these industries play. It's really thinking about the ICPs, ICP, and then figuring out what personas you're interacting with that are leading you to the money versus keeping you away from it.
1: Morgan, one of the things that's reminding me of a post that I saw, I think yesterday, I think it was John, I forget his last name. He talked about the, that at this point, if you're in sales and marketing and if you cannot clearly articulate what problem you're solving to the T you're going to vanish by the end of the year as a product company, as a services company, as as something that, that, that is more of a vitamin versus, you know, a pill as we all, all know, painkiller. So he, his point was like, any product, any services company right now, it is the time to go sharpen your pencil and really dive in and be so good at trying to address and talk about the problem. For example, he said, um, I think he said in his post and there were a lot of comments around like he said, hey, we are the best product to do this. Doesn't matter. Like it, really, it doesn't really matter. Hey, you're the number one company in the world to do this. Doesn't matter. Like the, you know, what problem are you solving for me right now? Now, if you say, "Hey, we we are we help someone in your industry to actually increase ROI or get results," now you're talking to me. So I'm curious. If, you know, both given the marketing and sales dynamic, and all these people up here that are in marketing, like Erica, Robert, Roy, um, welcome. Um, we got Sean, Frame, Lauren, Jeff, Joey, Tom, David, Lawrence for lots of people kind of chiming in over here, but I want to hear from you. And I want to jump into Morgan. Your thoughts is like, how much of the time do you feel our sales, have you, have you seen in the back background? And now people are spending time on the problem statement and clarifying that versus, well, here are the features, here are the things that we do. And it kind of probably worked in the past, but right now I think it's, it's going to be really bad.
0: Yeah. So one, I saw a post, the other day and it's talking about how luxury items are starting to not be bought as much. Yeah. And so when you say, Hey, here are features and functions, right? A lot of products out there are nice to have a luxury is a nice to have. You don't really need a Porsche, right? You don't really need a Bugatti. You don't really need a Rolex, right? You don't really need those things. Uh, They're nice to have. So when the economy is, was thriving like it was cool. You can show features and functions like, yeah, you know, like that, that looks cool. Let's get it right because you have the budget. Now, if it doesn't solve the current problem, if it doesn't address a priority, if it doesn't align with the organization, people are going to hesitate and be like, mm, do I really need that? I mean, you could probably look at as a Disney, for example, like they. Disney World's nice to have, right? It's nice to go there, but now people are like, man, I really need to go to Disney. Some people are, but, but <laughs> far, that's why they're. if you look at articles, they're like saying all, everything's like starting to diminish a little bit. And also you think about all the other subscription-based models, they are starting to diminish as well because some of them just aren't that needed. And so it goes back to the point you're making here is a, lo- a lot of people have been able to float by and pass by by just Mm -hmm. showing the features of the product because the product is that good. I mean, there's some great product makers out here that have made the product so great. A sales rep can be like, cool, this is it. And here it is. And you're like, oh yeah, that looks awesome. Now, if you're not able to truly do a great discovery, ask the clarifying questions, ask the hard questions to get the real answers and not, and I'm reading a book called right right now, Question-Based Selling. If you're not able to understand what people's desires are and what their pains are. You are going to be left behind. And this is what John and I talk about a lot is the death, the death of the average salesperson. It is coming sooner than we thought. I, I mean, we thought AI would take it over, et cetera, and things of that nature, but it's looking right now that this is going to expose a lot of people on where their skill, sales skills are at. And yeah. this is the time now more than ever to scale up. So I've been saying this a lot, Binge Growth, Not Netflix. If you're struggling right now, you should not be watching Tiger King. Like straight up, like it's it's funny, right? But you probably should not be watching Tiger King when you know you should be executing and doing these things that lead to success in your sales career. And so that's that's the real take right now is go do question-based selling, go follow Kenan's Gap Selling, go follow Kevin Dorsey, go follow John Barrett. like, go follow these people that are talking about how to, do an appropriate discovery so that you can further close at the end of the day and if these are th- if you're just relying on future selling and benefits and just like hey this is all stuff that we have and not truly qualifying the prospect
1: it's going to be very difficult for you to report I love it man Roy saying like you' you're on point Robert talking about like comfort moments Chad about functional actional is greater than nice to have. So that definitely it comes in. And Eric, I'm talking about like, emotions matter in the process for it. One of the things uh, you also have been talking about, Morgan, which I really like, control what you can control. Yeah. And I want to, to double click on that one. Is like, well, you, let's just talk about the current scenario and situation where people feel like they're completely out of control. They, they don't know what that. So what can they control?
0: Yeah, so that came from Lucas So, Okay, shout yeah, out to him. Control, yeah, hand, shout. Yo, he said that in every team meeting. He was like, "Guys, control what you can control." So that was like the Whoa. team motto for us, right? And so yeah. this is this is important, and it's sounds it's really simple, right? Control you can control, but it's a lot harder to execute. Look, at the end of the day, like I don't pay attention to things and don't get emotional about things that are out of my control. I can't control. How the spread of what's happening right now. I'm not a doctor. I don't know the science. So I don't know that, right? I can't control when the border opens, right? I can't control if an industry is getting hurt right now. These are things that are completely out of my control. So worrying about them only adds stress and anxiety, which is not going to help you perform because we all know everything starts in the subconscious. So what I believe in the goals that I write down, how I meditate in the morning, I do visualization exercises, right? The things that I'm writing now, what are my goals for today? I can control that. Yeah, I can't control what everyone else is doing, how everyone's reacting, what their emotional responses are. Humans are humans. We can't control that. And if you think you could control that, then you're going to have more of a headache than you would ever imagine. So what I mean by control, you can control is, I can control what I read. I can control advice that I seek out from my mentors. I can control who I interact with on a daily basis. I can control how much effort I'm putting forth. I can control how I can get better. And these are the things that I'm focused on right now. That's why I've been telling people, binge growth, not Netflix. I'm focused on, I have a masterclass that I took with Chris Voss. I'm trying to understand how do I label? How do I mirror? He's about to drop a new online course on how to sell through tough times. I'm probably going to go purchase it and I'm probably going to go take notes on it and I'm going to use it in my conversations. But the thing is, is that you can't be like, oh, my SDR is not scheduling me meetings or I can't close deals because of this. There's always a way. And I know at the end of the day, if people are still seeing success, if people are still seeing momentum, if people are still able to grow and, and go through this, we should be able to do it. People got through the Spanish flu. So we should be able to get through this because we have the technology. We have the medicine that can get us through this. So I'm not really worried about those aspects because I have no control over it. I, I, I'm not in that field. I'm in the field of impacting people. I'm in the field of helping people prospect. I'm in the field of helping people make prospecting fun. And I'm in the field of being creative and doing what I should be doing for the organization or JV Sales. And that's what I can control. And as long as I focus on that, I will be successful. If I focus on other
1: things, that's where you fall in a dark hole and then you won't see success. Love that. Love that. So we will. The, I'm going to take that two minute snippet and I can <laughs> replay it. I and mean, everybody should replay that. If you like it, give us, give, give that uh, thumbs up for Morgan on that. And, and Ricardo is asking, like, can you just reshare the list of the people that you said people should follow? Oh yeah, absolutely. So Kevin Dorsey,
0: tell him, tell him, I said, tell him, said what's up. And then if you really want to bother and send him a voice note and tell him I told you to do it, he'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll hate me for it. So it'll be funny. Uh, another person is Keenan. Tell him I said, yeah, get, get the gap selling in. That's key. And then John Barrows as well. So if you follow if you follow those three people, you're going to have a lot of great insights to be successful right now. And they're sharing daily on what they're doing. And so these are people that I would follow immediately right after we hit this conversation.
1: All right. Add, add Obviously Morgan to the list if you haven't already, because that's uh, someone that I'll, I'll look up to as well. Talk about, there's tons of folks in marketing. Um, you, well, Erica, I'll ask your question right now. And then I want to get into like, what can marketing do to help? Yeah. Because a lot of folks are trying to figure out like, okay, well, what is marketing's job? They're not generating as many... Um, leads on the list and all, all that stuff that they used to give pipeline for sale. So their marketing is struggling to figure things out. And you had some ideas and thoughts that um, I know. But let, let's just go to Erica's question. Erica's saying, can you talk about breaking habits of buyers? Breaking habits.
0: That's a, that's a great question. So I'm assuming when you say breaking habits, that means what they're normally used to and how they buy and things of that nature. I believe so, about it. I believe I so that I that's what that means there. And then let me know by the, if I'm, the way I'm answering this, if this is totally off, I'm just taking you off of what I'm understanding here. And so breaking habits. Now there's, bre- breaking habits can mean a lot of things in what process, right? In the prospecting process or in the selling process. I'll speak to both to give you an idea here. So think about pattern interrupts. I talk about this a lot when we train our clients is when you think about prospecting, think about doing something different than what all the other reps are doing. If you do the same thing, you're, you're in the same bucket as those people, right? You think about any artist, any actor, any movie, any show that you've liked. The reason that you liked it is that it was different. Tiger King is a great example. That took that. The reason it took everything by storm, because no, we had never seen. Yeah. Personally, anything that, that. Anything. Exotic animals and people are doing crazy, shady stuff on the side. Like, we've never seen that before. So, it got our attention. So, that's what you should be thinking right now is what can I do that will grab people's attention? I will continuously scream this video. Mm. All right. So, Satan knows I've been doing videos since I was an SDR.
1: So, oh. everyone,
0: ah, this is a new thing. Like, I've been doing this for
1: years. Oh. So, let me just share something and then I, I want you to keep going on that one. So, so. Morgan started when, when, when he was a terminus in the early days. Um, he started the, the SDR Chronicles, right? Yeah, and he would come in and do almost on everything you did. I don't, I don't remember it, 200, but I don't know how you know if you kept that thing going. Yeah, yeah. He would come in and share something every single day through through his SDR Chronicles on YouTube. That's really, in my view, helped you kind of people started to notice like, what is this? Yeah. You know, what is this guy doing? And he would just share. Okay, here's what I did. Here's what I learned. And here's what I'm doing next. Here's what I learned. Here's what I did. And he started to do something that was so quick, so practical. And I remember one day, like coming on a Sunday or something, I had something to do. And you were, in, you know, in the corner recording your thing. So you were working when nobody was watching or nobody had to do. So kudos to you for like just putting in the work and effort in it. But but keep going.
0: Yeah. So video right now would be critical. So video in your prospecting. I don't know if you guys even know this, right? This is, this is for everybody. Sales, marketers, it does not matter what position you're in right now. You can do LinkedIn videos directly to people that are your first degree connections on LinkedIn, directly to that person. So, if you want to break a pattern right now and you want to see it do a little things a little bit differently, do that. Also, LinkedIn voice messages. If you haven't used that, use that. Leverage it. That's a way to break the mold right now. Now, let's talk about the sales motion. To make things a little bit differently, right? To make it differently is ask the hard questions. I think that's where people, as my sales reps, we miss that. We don't like asking the hard questions because we don't want someone to tell us no. But at the end of the day, they're going to probably ghost you if you don't get the real answer anyway. So I'd rather someone tell me, no, this isn't what I'm looking for and try to figure out what I missed than following up, touching base and checking in, bubbling this back up to the top and be annoying and then get ghosted anyway. So there's really no point in that. So the difference is there is like, really ask those hard questions at the end of the sales cycle. Hey, what happens if you don't make this decision? What would, this all sounds great right now. I have happy years. What would be the main thing that would prevent this from happening right now? The world's crazy. I just want to understand what should we be working on together as a team to collaborate, to make sure that when we show this to your other decision makers, it wows them. Like these are questions that we forget to ask as sales professionals to truly understand, are we in the deal or not? Yeah. That all goes back into what? What I was talking about here earlier, question-based selling, it talks about getting direct feedback. We're afraid of getting direct feedback as sales reps. That's how you break buyers' patterns is asking direct things because they're not used to that. We're used to tiptoeing around and hoping things are okay. And last bit of advice I'd give is if you're not getting to power right now and you're struggling or there's a decision maker that's not getting on the call, create a proposal, download Vidyard, Drift, Loom, Soapbox, whatever. Mm-hmm. Create a video that is your bubble video in the corner and talk through the proposal, send that to your internal influencer or champion, and then have them send that video to the decision maker. So then they don't have to sit in a 30 minute meeting. If they like that video, it'll expedite the process and you'll close more deals that way. So we have done that internally to close more deals and other reps who have been struggling to get the power are trying to break the pattern. They follow that same exact advice that I gave you right now. And again, no one is, not a lot of people are doing that. So you're going to stand out.
1: So true, man. I, um, I applaud every single rep that's at that Terminus right now who would leverage me for getting a connection, getting a conversation going. Because I think a lot of people totally underestimate or they, they probably almost feel like you're a salesperson. So it's your job to get a meeting. It's your job to do all these things. But the reality is no. If you're a salesperson, your job is to figure out how do you connect the dots for the people and get in front of it as quickly as possible. So like Chris Reen, like Jim, uh, Jimbo, right. Like, you know, really, I mean, they're, they're just doing really well. And I feel the reason they're doing really well is because they know who to tap to. He's like, okay, saying, you're connected to that person, your first degree. Here's something I want to write. He would write an email for me. Sometimes he would do, do a, tell me like, hey, can you do a quick video for this person? And every time that happened at a minimum, here's what I think you're, you're making a point And I want to I don't know, make sure just from personal experience, everybody get it. Every single time, every single time, I will get a response. Now, that doesn't mean that, you, that they are ready to have a meeting or anything like that. It always means that you we will get a response. They will say, hey, thank you for this. Not a great time. Or, hey, let me forward this to my demand gen leader. Uh, maybe that we are interested in this. So no matter what, we'll always get some sort of response, which is ultimately what you want. Like, mm-hmm. should I be wasting my time on or- not? Exactly. Awesome, guys. All right. So I love, Eric, I love the crucial conversation. You're, you hit right on it. Um, and one of the things Roy is asking is like, how do you encourage business owners to market their services now? The reason I ask is that I offer an opportunity to business owners to market on his radio show uh, with a listenership of 2 million. So he got a ton of people listening. And his question is, how do you encourage business owners to market their services now? So, I guess the question here is market their
0: services because you want them to get on your radio show or what should they be doing to market their services? I guess that's my question to you because those answers yeah. are completely different.
1: Yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's ping on this. Like you now he said, how do you encourage business owners to market their services now? So I'm assuming he's trying to get people to have sponsors or, right. or, or be able to be on his radio show. And right now I think everybody in many ways are like probably freezing and saying, Hey, we don't want to do this right now. I, I, I will just share one real quick tidbit on it. And I don't know if it aligns with Android. If you could clarify, it will help both Morgan and I to respond more, more specifically there. But for example, at Terminus right now, it's really interesting. As physical events died on, as you said, digital just became crazy. Everybody's like, how do we get in front of it? So A lot of our customers are like double downing on that one. Yep. And what's interesting is, then this is the most interesting part we're finding out is Because a lot of companies have frozen their uh, marketing or advertising budgets and things like that outside, the advertising is actually cheaper now than it has ever been. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the people who are actually taking advantage of that are getting a much better ROI than they've ever gotten because because one, people are online, so you're able to get in front of them in, 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 in a much better way than you've ever done before. Two, not a lot of people are advertising. Um, so it allows you to get a really cheaper cost for doing it. And that's just through our little plaque, right? You know, if you go and do Facebook and all Instagram and all that stuff, I'm assuming that probably holds true for it. So Roy, um, I think, so Roy is saying exactly, he's talking about like, how do we get other people to sponsor on his radio show? Okay, cool. So that, that right there,
0: I think it depends on, well, first and foremost, what is the demographic of the 2 million people? Mm -hmm. because as a business owner, we also have to clarify what is a business owner. And what I mean by that is we could say a personal trainer technically is a business owner, right? We could say someone who owns their own, I don't know, paint store is a business owner, right? Someone who owns a bookstore is a business owner. So it's further clarifying what type of business owners should come on your radio show. And then also who is the demographic of your radio show? I don't know that, but you know that. So you need to take a step back and be like, okay, this is my demographic. The 2 million people sounds great. But if all, let's say, for example, 2 million people sounds great. But if it's 2 million people that are in IT, I probably would not come on the show if I was a business owner, if I'm trying to get in front of salespeople. Mm. Right. So, because that probably wouldn't be as worth of my time. Not saying that it just, I mean, people probably just come on because there's too many people, 2 million people. But for that business owner, they might be like, "Ah, I don't want to sponsor that because that's not my exact audience, right? So what I would do is take the step back. Okay, out of these 2 million people, who is my audience? Is it people that are, maybe they're all in Europe? Are they all in APAC, right? Are they all in Atlanta? And they're all in their 20s and 30s, right? Once you can clarify what the demographic is, then you can be like, hey, I got 2 million people that view this show. But out of these 2 million people, this is the demographic that they are in on the average. And this is what they're into. And this is why you should sponsor my show. The two million number sounds great, but you have to further clarify to the person that you're talking to what the two million number is. Because a business owner at the end of the day is always looking at, okay, how can I get in front of me as eyeballs as possible right now to market myself? But you want to make sure that it aligns with the demographic of what your show is. And that will get more people on, right? And yep. so I just
1: figure out what that demographic is and then I work from there. I love that, man. I love the direct. And as Robert said here, is like, you know, your responses are so clear and direct. I think it's helping people think about the right questions. So I'll share the two or three big takeaways from me. And then I want you to leave everybody with a challenge. Yeah, for sure. To go through. All right. So, number one, I love this idea of ICPs, ICP. And I think people should take note of that. A lot of times we stop at ICP and say, well, that's what they are. But the idea of ICP's ICP means that you're really going and helping them help their own problem. Because a lot of times the customers, your customers need you to help and explore the problem and the solution. So understanding your ICP's ICP is just going to make you smarter and better uh, on in their corners. So that's good. Second, the, the whole topic was around like, well, when, when nobody's buying, nobody's buying, how do you sell? And I think one of the key points you made was like, if people say their budgets are frozen, go and ask more clarifying questions. Where is the budget frozen? How, if, if what happens, I think one of the things you said was what happens if this thing doesn't happen for your organization, right? Like what happens to, if, if this is not done, is that going to hurt you, help you? Well, what's going to happen? So learn about them and clarify those things. I love the idea of like focus on problem. Priority as discovery, and I can't wait to see your next book coming up. Like questions based, question based selling—is that what it's called?
0: Yeah, no, yeah, it's,
1: it's a it's a book that I'm reading right now. So question based selling, it's right over
0: here. It's 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 a fantastic book. So if you guys haven't checked it out, I highly encourage you to, to
1: grab it. Well, it's time for you to stop writing a book, my friend. Like this is, uh, it, it, it's good. All right, question based selling is what you're reading right now. And, and ultimately, I love this quote. Everybody should take this home. Might be hard for everybody to do this, um, but I, I get where you're going. Bench growth, not Netflix. <laughs> uh, yeah, is,
0: you gotta do it.
1: <laughs> the Tiger King thing is cool, but it's not going to fill your pocket. Um, so I, I totally love that. So what's the one challenge you want to give everybody you listening to it? Yeah,
0: so marketing, right? There was one question you asked, you asked in there that we didn't answer yet, which was what should marketing be doing right now? Yeah. Here's my challenge for everyone that's in marketing. And then I'll add the challenge for sales. If for people that are in marketing right now, there's a tab and LinkedIn sales navigator. If you have it and it's called leads that follow your company. Most people have never seen this tab before. Most people don't know that's a tab. I have no idea. What are you talking about? What's the quote? If you go in LinkedIn sales navigator, there's a tab called leads that follow your company. Yeah. So if I was a marketer right now, grab one of your reps and be like, Hey, Can I use your sales navigator account real quick? Go into leads that follow your company and start connecting with those people. Then ask them, hey, thanks so much for following our company. What piece of our content resonated with you? Then you can figure out what piece of content resonated with that audience. They clicked follow for a reason. No one randomly just clicks follow. There's a reason why they clicked follow, right? And why they stayed. Gather that data from those people and then create more content like that during this time. Love it. Additionally, what I would do as well is if you have not done this, create a roundtable discussion of your clients. Take the roundtable discussion of those clients that you have, and you can create an IT panel, security panels, sales panel, whatever your persona is, right? Then make it like a 60 minute conversation. Maybe you have VIP, your top clients can also watch this panel. You make it exclusive. And then once you've finished that content, you then what you could do is create bite-sized content out of the content you created and then put that on your LinkedIn company feed. I look at LinkedIn company feeds from a marketing standpoint, and I don't really, I don't see a lot of videos from the clients that yeah. people work with. It's just like, this is how we're going to do with COVID. And everyone's saying the same thing. So again, that's not a pattern up. it's the same thing that everyone's saying. If you can include videos, if you can include, include real humans talking about the problems that they're dealing with, and then how they're using your solution and their words on how it's helping them instead of what your sales reps are saying, that will help marketing, that will help you create awareness, that will help create interest, it will help create consideration, and it'll help create action, which is what the marketing ethos is, right? And so that's what I'd be doing right now if I was a marketing and I was leading a marketing team. In terms of sales, I challenge you all to be different. Don't do the same thing that everyone's doing right now incorporate video incorporate memes if you have to right like switch it up do something different and don't be like every other sales rep out here because you will look like other other sales rep and you're
1: going to end up being average and that's not what we want dude love this very practical advice i'm going to go look at the sales navigator thing from from jimbo it's nuts Uh, and i love this very practical because i think a lot of times marketing is just pushing stuff but not really knowing if what's resonating so asking that question especially for people who follow i think they got to tell you something so that's great um uh, dude you're on fire you were so good we i've been getting we had a whole bunch of marketers but literally have sales people so thank you for joining and sharing with the community okay, folks thank you for joining as well please follow morgan and the folks that he shared um really good content that you put out there thanks bud love you, God you. take care all right See you guys
0: you've been listening to the flip my funnel podcast